0: It's early on Friday morning, and I actually get myself out of bed early and put on my running sneakers. I only have one pair that can be classified that way, since I really don't run that much, or, well, that far. I started this hobby in January, while we were living in Tel Aviv near the beach. Brian's a runner, and he got me to try it, and I only agreed on the condition that we would never actually run together. Every other day, while he'd head south along the boardwalk down to Jaffa, I'd run north, up to the old waterfront. Run is generous since often I'd just be walking fast, exhausted by my own lack of fitness and intimidated by super fit Israelis who are all in military grade shape. This morning in July though I'm here at home in the Hudson Valley, running, walking, running down West Curly Corners Road, a beautiful country road that goes two to three miles from Route 9 in Red Hook to the beginning of Tivoli Village. I run against traffic, so I can see what's coming. And I go as far as the historic Hermanche farm with its amazing barn, 18th century Dutch stone farmhouse on the National Register of Historic Places, and this crazy wind sculpture, which is certainly a piece of art. I run a few telephone poles worth. I just learned about telephone poles as benchmarks, how runners use them to keep going. Another two poles, another two poles, another two poles. Yeah, I don't really make it more than four at a time, but it's a good system i listen to podcasts as i go of course usually the latest episode of every little thing or this week i started guru another great short series from Wondery. i stop when i get tired i stop to switch sides of the road when traffic comes and i stop when i see a property i envy and want to google what they paid for it on trulia i stop a lot occasionally another runner maybe a real runner will come by and we just can't do the country wave as we pass each other or he passes me which is more likely Because of this stupid, terrible virus, we crossed to the opposite side of the road from each other and country away from there. If you want to make small talk, you just yell across the road, how are you? Some weather, huh? I, of course, miss all my local gossip that I used to get from Uber drivers from the train. Did you hear Liberty closed? What? Liberty in Rhinebeck. Oh my, that's awful. It's gonna be a furniture store. A what? Okay, see you later. Today though, I see Mary and I pull out my earbuds to chat with her about her garden. We both roll our eyes about when this all might end. We're making the best of it. It's beautiful to run in the country. I should probably do this more often. The sky goes on forever and I can see trees, sometimes even the catskills in the distance. I can hear the birds and feel the bugs. The air is amazing and clean. I just wish I wasn't afraid of it. A truck whizzes by. I wave to say hi, but also to say, please don't hit me. I'm very slow but my Apple Watch doesn't seem to know and as I walk back to the house, I get a congratulations for finishing and just making it back alive. (laughs) I'm Matt Zucker and this is City It, learning to live and love life in the Hudson Valley. It's been nine months since we moved upstate full time and five months since the COVID shutdown. So it's definitely been a period of adjusting. A few telephone poles at a time. Everyone is adjusting. First, of course, are the people interactions. We've gone from not really seeing anyone except Luke, the male guy, to having friends over in the garden at six feet, or meeting at Claremont, like for Rochelle's birthday last week. Brian joined the Tivoli Running Club, and two to three times a week they run in Tivoli Bays, a wildlife area between Bard College and town with trails to the river. The running club's grown to about 10 to 12 people, and they meet up a few times a week. Brian loves it. He just developed one concern, however, which reminds us where we live. In the fall, there will be hunting in Tivoli Bays, so the running club will need to wear a lot of orange or find somewhere else. I told Brian to find somewhere else. Even with so many businesses closing, there have been some reopenings, which is good. Last week, we sat outside for drinks at the hotel in the garden, which was fun and kinda normal. Giabata in Tivoli is now doing lunch and dinner every day. You might remember Famous Mercado from earlier episodes, which Francesco and Michelle closed only in January to open up Giabata this spring. They have outdoor seating, and they do takeout, including pasta fish, steak, and the valley's best bolognese by far. Some businesses are simply changing format. Sammy, who runs Paws Dog Boutique, got rid of her storefront in the village, but she's doing remote, so I can still order online and meet her for pickup to get Nora's favorite beef and chicken woofers. I've never seen these woofers anywhere else. They're these round discs, but Nora's addicted to them. On Saturday, I met her right outside her old location, and she came up right to my car window and handed me the bag of woofers. It felt as normal as a drug deal. Fortune's Ice Cream and Jane and j Gourmet both created cutouts for walk-up windows seemingly overnight so people can order without coming inside. Other than having a liquor store right now, I would say the business to be in is either witty masks or doing cutout windows for stores overnight. In the fall, I'm sure the hot business will be heat lamps so we can stay outside. Brett and I also realized that the gym at Bard isn't going to necessarily reopen for a while, so we ordered, a, I can't believe I'm going to say this, a Peloton. For when it gets called. Yep, I can no longer make fun of those people since now I will be one of them. It arrives with its weird clip on shoes at the end of August. The other adjustment is trying to do our healthcare up here instead of in the city. I was not happy about this since I absolutely loved my eye doctor and my dentist in Manhattan. But after months of postponing appointments, Brian and I caved and went to find a local eye doctor and a local dentist. The eye doctor in Hudson was great, even if the physicality was strange with her far away from me touching at arm's length. The dentist was a little weirder, an incredibly clean place, one of those chains, but after an hour of x-rays and fast talking, it felt like they were trying to talk us into expensive treatments through overdiagnosing us with things. I mean, I just wanted to get my teeth cleaned, but now apparently I have a condition that requires a $900 cleaning. I said, no, thanks. I'll just do the regular cleaning. And they said, oh, we can't do that now since you were just diagnosed with something vitis. I was like, you can't give me a regular cleaning? And They said, no, you agreed that you, you have what we said you did, <laughs> even in a pandemic. This is how they get you. Next up, I'll share what else we've been buying to Bunker. Bunker, as you'll find out, is a verb. Part of how we are coping with all the adjustments is by bunkering. Bunkering is a clinical term that we preppers use. We create a bunker, physically and emotionally. There's a skill to it. First, some purchases. So in addition to the Peloton, we also bought a sparkling water machine. Now, it's not the Jennifer Anderson one, it's the Arc Premium Carbonator. I cashed in some travel points that I didn't see using for a while. Brian says it'll save on the number of plastic bottles we go through. And also, since I've taken up vodka as a second hobby in addition to running, we can make our own tonic water. We also bought a brand new fridge and a new stove in the kitchen. Our previous fridge was on its last legs, and we figured now is better than later, and we're surprised to find some good deals on Wayfair, even with a brand name like Bosch. Now the thing about bunkering, it's not just buying paper towel and more cases of Brian's fresca although of course we do that every week. It's about trying to make use of every square of your house and property. For example, we've been cleaning out one of the bays in the garage for a commercial freezer we just ordered and a pantry we are building. When I say building, I mean that we ordered a set of shelves from Home Depot. Someone delivered it last week and it's sitting in the box in the driveway because we're too lazy and intimidated to try to put it together. Every day we look at it and I say, it's kind of hot out, isn't it? And Brian says, yeah, we should wait till it's cooler. The commercial freezer though, I'm really excited about. We'll be able to stock up properly, meats from local farms and vegetables too. We also ordered the freezer from Home Depot and clearly we weren't the only ones with the idea since most were sold out and there's a delay getting it here. So if you're interested, go for it now. The most important transformation though, has been converting what was once a goat shed and greenhouse into my office for consulting during the week and City at global headquarters on the weekend. After weeks of research and many posts on Angie's list, I found a great handyman, Joe, who came for three days and he did everything. He removed the workbench, he pulled up broken shelves, he fixed the lighting, he painted even a primer coat so it feels clean. Now I can work in there and be on Zoom and it just looks better. Joe also fixed the fence, repaired an outlet on the deck and power washed the fence and outbuildings and then sealed the decks. And he was here when our second air conditioner, a big one arrived that needed to be installed in a container in the window and have a special grounding outlet created in the firewall. Joe is very helpful and very handy this reminds me I need to book him for a few days in August to repair the heating unit so I can use the shed in colder months I'm sure you want or need a Joe but I won't give you his full name because there's nothing more cutthroat up here than finding real estate or people helping you fix things find your own Joe next up is populating the shed turned office with furniture that's in our storage unit we just need two strong people and a van or a truck Wait, did you think we could do that ourselves? Hello, we have that pantry to build. Adjusting to how you interact with people is probably the hardest adjustment. On a hike in Tivoli Bays, we saw Michelle from Rolling Grocer and then our new friends, Chris and Greg. In the old days, we'd kiss hello, but now it's six feet apart and only little Nora can cross the divide. We'll have dinner with Jamie and Tom, and half the time I'm focused on not spitting into the air. The good thing is we leave with jam. Jamie, as you know from earlier episodes, makes homemade jam. Other friends will do a drive-by, and we just talk over the fence. I talk to nearly everyone when I go out on errands, whether it's picking up our CSA share every week, a fresh veg, or stopping into Stewart's for ice. I'm so grateful for any human interaction. I wear a colorful, friendly mask and I try to smile with my eyes. The routine we like the most is meeting folks with blankets at Claremont State Park along the Hudson River. As I mentioned, we did this last week for Rochelle's birthday organized by Susie. About 20 folks all in their own place bringing their own food and drinks. The exception was Sophia bringing a Greek dessert for everyone. In the perfect summer weather with just the light just right as the sunset approaches and a breeze from the river, the chatter of friends, well, it almost felt normal. Well, until someone would slip on a mask or you remembered you couldn't share your wine. No hugs goodbye, too, which in some ways speeds things up. The outside world, though, does appear. Every day at 2 p.m., there are mail deliveries in UPS and FedEx. Then again at 4 p.m., there's Luke with the regular mail. That reminds me to ask him if he ever found a home for those baby goats. The weirdest people event, though, was after we got that new fridge. We had to call a junk company to take the old one away. Long story, we found some gross mold behind the fridge. Well, when the junk company came, one guy wasn't wearing an N-whatever mask, but a Confederate flag mask. Yeah, a mask with the Confederate flag. I was working in the shed office, and Brian had to deal with it. We called to complain after. This was in the middle of the Minneapolis protests. It was aggressive, and it was uncomfortable. It was awful. Some days this is very isolating, and some days you just want to push the outside world back out. We're already digitally bunkering. Since Hamilton ca- came out on Disney+, Plus, we seem to have more than six services, and is tempting to cancel one or two of them, but it's also likely we will not. We're also preparing for bunkering by going away. We need a change of scenery, even if it's just for a few days before another potential full shutdown and the cold winter hits. We were thinking of a weekend in the Adirondacks on a lake, but found a surf lodge in Montauk to do a few days in August, pre-bunkering. Meanwhile, we've got books in Nora, Goats Next Door, and Sunshine. I just ordered a paper towel and dog treats from Target, and I'm seriously thinking about adding in a case of energy-efficient light bulbs. It's going to get dark. But there's time for all that. For now, we're just going to go a few telephone poles at a time. Thanks for listening to City it. Please rate and review us in the Apple or Stitcher store. It helps people find us. And if you're up for City it merch, there are trucker caps still available via Gumroad. Just visit www.gumroad.com/slash City You'll also see the City It ebook available there, as well as on Amazon. I'm Matt Zucker in the Hudson Valley. Come visit.